Welcome to the One Track Mind Podcast. I'm John Miller, and this is part two of the episode with Craig Stanton. In the second half, Craig talks about the more recent part of his racing career and how it's coming full circle back to off-road racing. We talk about expectation versus reality and recognizing an opportunity when it's staring you in the face. We get into the diet and habits of the fittest man in motorsports, and we talk more about our history of driving together and almost winning a championship together in 2008. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Follow us on Instagram for photos of guests and show previews at One Track Mind Show. Enjoy part two of the episode with Craig Stanton. Yeah, yeah, that was one of those things where, um, you know, John, John, and John gave me an opportunity. John, John, and John, 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 and John with the John show. Year, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they gave gave me an opportunity as well that year. I mean, that yeah. was. You know, I'd been mm-hmm. in GS for the previous season in a BMW, and yeah. it was my kind of my first year at that level. Yeah, um, and it was it was trial by fire. I mean, we yeah. had a it was a rough first year um, for me at that level. I I think, you know, looking back at it now, um, I had really no experience and no business being in GS at that point. Yeah, you did, and, and well, it. it I don't know. I, I think maybe I, I believed I did at the time, but looking back, I don't know if I really did. Because mm. in 06, in uh, I got to do my first race. There was a, a kid that I'd done some some SCCA club stuff with, a yeah. um, friend that I knew, and, and he did. He he ended up buying one of the old Nottemaker cars, the oh, yeah. 996 uh, Porsche GS cars. Oh. And so he said, oh, I'm going to run a couple uh, it was, you know, it wasn't even Coney challenge. It was, it was just Grand Am cup at the time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to run a couple Grand Am cup races. Let that, let that you come run with me. And so I was racing skip barber formula cars at the time. I was doing some spec Miata club level stuff, just yeah. getting my feet wet because I, I found racing kind of at the end of high school, first part of college. Yeah. So fairly late, um, for most of my contemporaries, you know, but most of the guys I was racing against have been racing for, you know, eight, nine, 10 years yeah. you know, from go-karts and, and I jumped right into cars. So, you know, getting to do this one race um, in this 996 Cup car, or not even a Cup car, the 996 GS street car. Yeah. And for me, it was, am I kidding myself? Should I should I not be at this level? And the first race we did was at Barber Motorsports Park, 2006. Mm-hmm. Me and a kid named Tanner Baker. Oh, yeah. And Tanner and I were like nip and tuck with lap time. Like one session, I'd be a little quicker. Next yeah. session, he'd be a little quicker. So I'm thinking, you know, based on same car to same car. And, and our, and we were right there with our teammates too. Um, now if you looked at the results sheet from that weekend, you'd go, wow, you need to pack it up and go home and do this again. <laughs> because you know, the, the cars weren't competitive. We didn't, and we were making setup changes all mm-hmm. weekend to try and mm-hmm. make the car turn to, you know, to get it off the corner. There's a couple of slow corners there where the car just would not get up and go. I mean, yeah. it was you know really tough to put power down. So now I was learning a lot about setup uh, in the moment. And then in 07, um, had another big learning year. I mean, it was the only race I did in 06. Yeah. Um, 07 decided this is where I want to try and make a career and, and go after this and, and do this yeah. full time. And so I had uh, a really good opportunity and enough support at the time to go to go put a, well, it, it actually wasn't even a full season. It was a half season deal uh, in 07 that, turned into a full season deal. We, we scraped together the funds. We had some sponsors that came in last minute to, yeah. to help make it work. The, the team owner, Jeff Thornton, it was, this is, I was, when I was with, um, automatic racing. Oh yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, Oh, that's right. Jeff, Jeff helped out and, mm. and we, we just kind of made it work. We finished out the year 
Um, and that was the goal was just to, to go to all the tracks. And these were, you know, half of these tracks, more than half the tracks I had never been to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just learning trial by fire, drinking from the fire hose. I love that. Um, and, and then it was, you know, by the end of that season, I went, okay, we know where a lot of the stumbling blocks were. We know why we didn't have the results we wanted. We yeah. were like close to the podium a couple of times, but then something would happen late in the race, you know, a car issue or a caution would fall at the wrong time. Um, and so we didn't, we didn't have the results that you wanted. Cause as a young driver, it's, I, I want to go beat all these other assholes. I'm faster than all of them. Yeah. I'm, you know, it, it's ego, it's passion, it's mm-hmm. results, results, results. And so, you know, after a season of not having it, yeah, it was a big, you know, I guess, uh, the way that I, I, I stepped back and I did a big self-evaluation of going, okay, holy crap. Um, just looking at it on paper, I need to go just focus on college Yeah, and, and maybe this racing thing, I'll do at some other point in my mm, life. But that's um, interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't, didn't have the, the ultimate confidence looking at the results cause I was so results oriented. Uh, yeah. But when I took a step back and said, no, look, we had some really good showings the, yeah. the pace was there on certain weekends. We, it just didn't, didn't all come together for us. Um, and then in 08 yeah. when, uh, when, you know, I, I didn't really have a deal until I think it was, it was January. It was like right before Daytona, mm. this, this deal came together and, and you and I ended up driving the BGB Porsche together all year. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. And it was an, an awesome, awesome year. We, we won one race. We're on the podium a few more times. Yep. Um, and that was, I mean, for me to, to learn from you, to watch, you know, somebody who was doing what I was, what I wanted to be doing, you mm. know, you were at that level of this established pro um, just watching kind of going back to what you said earlier about, you know, watching people, how they operate and trying to emulate it. I think I started internally to uh, do that, to yeah. look at this is, this is how Craig's doing it. This is how he's approaching it. You know, when he gets in the car, this is what he's doing the five minutes before, which now that I'm saying that you would brush your teeth before you got in the car. I still do. You still do? I still do. What's that about? I've been dying started, to ask you about that. It started back in, it's just a ritual. It started back in, in, um, motorcycle days. You know, being yeah. open face, just with goggles, oh, and just get yeah. dirty teeth. It's like, you know, <laughs> it just seems like you know, yeah. it, it was a ritual, and then it it sets the tone. It's almost like it isn't so much like, um, oh, uh, superstition. It's more like ah, it's an anchor. Just routine. It's an yeah, anchor, an anchor. It, that's it's a great an word. Anchor that it, it shoots a signal off to my brain. We're going to go out there and haul ass, and and you got to pay attention, and you got to be ready, and you got to you know do all these things. It's almost like a setting off into my subconscious. Oh, it's that switch from a normal human to a race car human, right? Yeah. It's that switch that allows me to go. Whoop! Now I'm in it. You hmm. know. Yeah, it's really interesting. Gotcha. Yeah, there, it started out with you know here's my helmet, here's my suit, here's my gloves, all these things. And then all of a sudden it just, it just became like, uh, here's my rocket fuel and here yeah. is, here simply is, um, you know, my brushing my teeth. Gotcha. I'm, I'm like ready. Awesome. It's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, the BGB thing was really cool to watch you progress because you did. And, and there was times where you're on it. There's times where you're trying to figure it out. And there was time. So as we, as we evolve from a, you know, a civilian to a, a pro like you are now, it's like we go through all these things and it's you always had this natural progression and it was really cool. You always took care of the car and, you know, I knew that I was going to have a good car and every time, you know, I got yeah. back in it and, you know, John and John, it was really funny is 
is John Moore, as you well know, is like, I'd always, it, I'd always get a kick out of it. John, how, what are we going to do today? You know, what's the strategy? He just goes, doesn't matter. Just don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. <laughs> that was thing. Right before the race. <laughs> I love his head in the car. Hey, kid, I, don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved every second of that. And then John, you know, he, passionate, passionate guy, you know, he, and then, you know, he's got ADD times 60, you know, and he's kind he's trying to control that bomb. Yeah. You know, his own personal bomb as well as the other guys. And then Bernardo was there. Bernardo's oh, funny because yeah. I see him in other arenas and, and he, uh, he, he talked about, I think he says he would rather it was easier, it was easier coaching women's softball team than it was <laughs> engineering our program. <laughs> Because of all the drama and all the yeah. stuff that happened there, you know, and and then, you know, we just raced really hard. It was, you know, it was. In, it's interesting. I know what I was going to say is listening to you is sometimes we don't have the best cars. Sometimes, or depending on rules, depending on the team, yeah. depending on the development, depending on you know all these things. And so, for years, I I focused in on lap times and results. And then I remember old school Jacques Delaire. You know, mm-hmm. he. You know, we worked together. I won the champ GT championship in uh, 2006, and then, and then uh, I went right to him on my time off, and I wanted to reinvent myself and even step my game up even more. And that was my thing: is I always, every six months, reinvented myself mm-hmm. and figured out what the game was like and how to play the game and how to, you know, how to stay in the game. So stay ahead of the curve. Stay ahead yeah. of the curve because it was always evolving. Yeah, and then. Um, with Jacques, it was just that was the thing. It was like, look at you're fit enough, you're over the top fit. Your, you know, your mental approach is really good. It's just, you know, you've got to not focus in on the end game all the time. How do you bring yourself? How do you bring your A plus plus game to the event each and every day? So it's yeah. not like oh the weather, you know, you know, as a pro, as a driver, you know, in California, it's like oh you know we're just going to drive around. As a pro, you got to be fast at night when it's wet, when it's dry, when it's hot, when it's cold, when somebody knocked a toe in, mm-hmm. when there's fenders are knocked in, you know, whatever it is, it's like, you know, you've got to be fast and you've got to, and then in an endurance environment, you've got to play the chess game. Look at, I got to be, have the best mean average over, you know, my stint. Right. You know, if I go out to Daytona and I do a, you know, you know, a low, you know, low 50 and then I run the tires off and now I'm doing, you know, almost two minutes at the end of the stint, that's not good. Yeah. You know, let's do a 52. Right. I, I'm just pulling numbers right, out, right, right. out of my butt. Let's do a 52 and be at 53s at the end of the stint. But that's it's a better mean average. For sure. But it's but it's easy to get so focused on that oh, yeah. that single, I want to be sure. the fastest guy. Knowing, knowing, like you said, that you're expected to be fast. Yeah. Managing the difference between taking all the life out of the tire for one single lap. Yeah. Right. Versus the bigger picture. Right. And many people wanted to put that one lap down because it shoots one over the bow. Everybody sees it right up and down pit lane, right? right. And over the internet. And sometimes you need to do that. And sometimes you need to do that. I mean, yeah. we would do that sometimes here and there. You know, it was, it was interesting is, is, you know, with, with a team I drove for for quite a few years. I can't. <laughs> we, right. We'd be running around at 80% throttle. At the, Daytona. Well, or anywhere. Anywhere because they didn't want me to send one over the bow and then and then right. change the rules, right? Right. Well, so yeah. we were developing parts for another manu Porsche. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then um and so, you know, it's kinda like Alex Job. You know, those guys yeah. those guys were detuned a lot too. Yeah, and so nowadays 
you got to be careful of that. But my point yeah. is, is that, is that you got, my point is the mental approach. You never know what's going on back in the IMSA days. There was teams that had Michelins and teams that didn't. And then all of a sudden there was teams that had Michelins, but there was teams that had a better Michelin right, uh, than right. the other Michelin teams. So all of a sudden you're, you're, you're living and dying on your lap times. Yeah. You can't that leave anything really, on the table. That could really play with your psyche. So you, sure. so you have to understand this is your job. Right. Because you know, you know that, and your team knows, well, I may not be able to, to yeah. crank the lap time out, but everybody watching yeah. doesn't know that. It's hard. And, yeah. So there's a balance. So you're kind of under the radar for, I could be under the radar for years. In a GS program, you could have, you know, I think that David and I, uh, John TC always talks about that we wrecked the Porsches for five years <laughs> after, after David and I went through non-makers, you know, in that GS that GS yeah. program there, we kind of wrecked the, the rules for many, many years, you know? And so all of a sudden, you know, we get down into when you and I ran, we didn't always have the best car, right? You and I ran as hard as we could. And so knowing that we gave our A plus game each and every moment, you know, right. it's good. It's good for me to know, you know, and there's yeah. times where it's like, I'd be, you know, headed to the airport and I'd have to call my mom cause she's a fan. She's got the TV and the computer there. It's like, how do we do? Well, you're amazing. You went all the way from the back to the front and you're in fifth, you know, and, your lap times are better. Yeah. So I wouldn't even know sometimes. Right. You know, I right. wouldn't even know. So well, it's, I, and I remember at that stage, you know, mid two thousands, it was always like, well, you know, the Mustang's coming next year. The Mustang's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah, the yeah. car to have, or like, you know, thinking in the off season, trying to kind of finagle and making sure that right? man, I, next year I want to be in like the, the Porsche Cayman in yeah. ST a couple yeah. years ago was like, that was the car to have. Um, or yeah. like certain tracks, like you knew, like the, uh, like again, an ST, cause that's where I drove for, yeah. for the last couple of years, but yep. you know, like the MX five at Laguna Seca or yep. Lime Rock, you're not going to beat that car. I don't care what you're in. That's yeah. just, that's the track for those two cars. But yeah. you know, nowadays this is a whole another hour long conversation, but about you yeah. know, BOP. Yeah, sure. And the way that racing is, is different and has evolved over the past, you know, five to 10 years and the way that they, they manage that, the, you know, talking about ruining the rules. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it Lime Rock is going to be that, the, the car to beat would be X. And then at Daytona, the other car is going to be X. And then at mid Ohio, it's going right. to be, you know, so, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's the long run, it's the championship and, it, and, and we as drivers must focus as a, as a pro on other things besides, you know, at times right. because of the BOP and all the other things that, all the other things that come into play. Yeah. And then, and then being there for the long haul and the long run, the long career, you know, I look at like, I look at Arnold Palmer. I look at, you know, Tony Stewart who ran around for a long time, Jeff Gordon, all these, all these guys. I look at somebody like, um, Jerry Lopez surfing pipeline, you know, for so many years and doing with such ease and grace, right? How do you, how do you keep that long career? And, you know, I, I think I probably not blowing my own horn or anything. I probably outlasted most of the people that you know, that, you know, was of my era yeah. and I was fortunate to do it. You know, I ran for Alex Job at Petite in two years ago and then I was for, for WeatherTech and then I was, yeah. I figured that was a good place to jump off just because yeah. I looked six months ahead and it's like, wow, I got to come up with 3 million bucks, <laughs> you right. know, or something like that, you know, <clears throat> to help a team out, generate a team, start right. a team, you know, whatever. So, um, uh, yeah, that was, that was an interesting one. And now, you know, it's being a businessman. I look at, I look at how you do it these days and you, you need a, an entourage of people that are in your corner that right. are helping you with, and it's the almighty dollar. Right. Yeah. And which is cool. 
and there's times where, um, you know, it's those, it's, it's having those jobs available just because you're right foot, just because you're really good aren't, aren't, aren't around as much. Now, maybe in, in off-road racing where, where I'm actually headed, right? that is yeah. my, that is where I'm going. So talk about that a little bit. Cause that's what you've, you've been doing a good yeah. amount of that lately. Yeah. It's badass. Yeah. yeah it's kind of going full circle. It's where I started. Right. right? And then, you know, being, you know, I want to have a team where whether I drive or not, it's important because there's a bunch of people that I'm hooked up with that I would love to generate a team. I'm really good at organizing and gotcha. Do you find that it's easier to raise money or that there's more, there's big sponsor interest because the, you know, I, from the outside, I don't have a whole lot of off-road experience. You're being from the East coast. Yeah. Um, you know, I've lived in California now five or six years yep. and I'm just now becoming exposed to a lot of what it, the, that off-road racing culture mm-hmm. is all about out here. Um, cause just, you're a cool car. Well, I, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but more so too, because of, you know, uh, I just, I, I've always found it interesting. I think it's cool. It looks fun. Yeah. And it's something new that I, I wasn't exposed to mm-hmm. or didn't have the opportunity to, you know, living on the East coast. Mm-hmm. It's just, just not as big uh, back there. And, um, but, but really seeing, I mean, just watching, you know, the streets, you know, you know the, the amount of aftermarket pickup trucks, the pre runners running yeah, up yeah, and yeah. down the highway. I mean, the, the culture of it, um, of, of racing and of off-road racing, it seems to really, really, um, that there's support for it. There is. There's, there's money behind it. Um, I think in, people, in a way that maybe that sports car racing, it's, yeah. it's harder. Yeah, Southern California, you know, it's the it's the 909 crowd, it's the Colorado River crowd, mm-hmm. it's the it's the off-road crowd, it's all the same and everybody relates to it. Mo- well, not everybody. My point is there's yeah. a there's a massive amount of people. It's like, "Oh, I can get a class 10. I can get a side-by-side. I can buy yeah. a Razor, put 30 into it, and now I can race it yeah. all year long and do really well. I can get in a spec trophy truck for, yeah. you know, less than a Porsche. I can do for the for the time for the amount of money. I mean, yeah, you go up in the trophy trucks and stuff. Those are oh, sure. There's you gotta always going to be. You got to have a helicopter, and you got to have all these things that go along with right. it. It's it's and you know you've got to have a crew. It's a full time deal, and they're very you know they're very high tech, low tech, high tech. You know where where you are know, there manufacturers involved as well? I mean, is there support uh, at that level the I, way that there is kind of in the sports car world? I think there is a little bit, not as much as you would think, and not as hmm. much as you would. think. Is there prize money involved at least? A little bit, not okay. much, not no. much, more, more than the sports car world. Yeah, about the same. Yeah. Okay. So, so no, <laughs> not, not much. There's not much. <laughs> okay. But it's cool because there's so many people that can relate to it. Right. But so many people have a pre-runner. They have a raised truck. They have a, you know, they ha- they race motorcycles because so many people, it's easy to do it here in the West Coast, right? Yeah. So everybody relates to it. Oh, yeah. At one time I raced, you know, I, I raced a 16 car. I would love to do a 10 car because I just sold a business. So not only is it just sponsored, but getting other people involved. I just did a track, uh, a track day. I just did a um, a uh, uh, an experience for one of my road racing clients, and I got the factory razor team to come out. My nephew's driving for him, Drew. Mm-hmm. Drew's driving, and so he's got Monster money, and he's he's hooked up with Monster a little bit. And then the factory razor program is really cool. And so they came out and supported us with you know the coaches and uh, the 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 buses and did a, amazing. It was super fun food. It was two days of going out there and and picking out a, a, a mile course and then a, about a three mile course. And then we did an 80 mile loop in the afternoon. <laughs> and then we came back the next day and did uh, somewhat of a, a abbreviated version of the two. It was actually about a three mile loop. Oh, wow. So this is something you just put together for just a road put, race client. Just, with, just put it together. What was his 
reaction to it. It was amazing. In fact, I, there was Scott Atchison, who was an Indy car driver years ago. Yeah. And then then the factory razor driver, uh, Mitch uh, um, Alsup was there. And so uh, those guys and myself coached uh, Chip Scarlett. And they were both blown away how Chip was, you know, precision road racing on the mark that mark would change obviously they would say we need to be up against the burn we need to be able to roll the rut better we need to be able to do all these things and it instantly he just working with me right Mm -hmm. for many many years you can be that translator exactly for yeah and i was there doing that yeah and um he did a great job i mean there i was just talking to mitch last night and goes we got to get him in a car because because we could use him with his you know he's super smooth you know, and he, and he, and he gets it already. Hmm. Yeah. So he goes, we can use them on some future races, you know? So getting back to the story is, is creating programs for people, uh, experiences for people is, is what I'm into. Yeah. Cause you've got the connections and the experience and the know how yeah. to, to connect the dots. Four guys come up, a friend of mine calls up and says, I have four guys coming into uh, long beach and they, uh, we need something to do. So, you know, I had them fly into, you know, LAX and then put them up in a hotel at Long Beach and then had breakfast right there at um, uh, whatever one of the restaurants down in the in the in the marina right there at mm-hmm. Long Beach and then all of a sudden two offshore race boats come up <laughs> and two get in one and they get done with breakfast and two get in one and two get in the other one they race over to Catalina and do the zip line and they do you know hit golf balls and have lunch and then they haul ass back <laughs> so experiences like that are what I'm into and see their yeah. see people's eyes like. <laughs> like that, you know, and, and that's having, having chip out in the desert or bringing somebody like what we did, you and I did out at, yeah, out at Willow at the streets last Monday. That was amazing to yeah. watch those people like in it. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like, um, is, is what, do you feel like you've, you've had any disadvantages? I mean, what, I mean, you're dyslexic, right? I am. So what did that ever get in the way? Did you ever, I mean, you're a fit guy. You're really motivated. You're really passionate. You're really good. I mean, you, you admittedly, and you feel like, I mean, I think your attitude is an advantage. You have all these things that, that were going for you. Did you have anything that, that you felt like held you back or, you know, um, you know, other than having 10 million bucks to spend and <laughs> fast track everything? <laughs> you know, it's funny is, uh, is people go, oh, you got dyslexia. Well, you know, when I, when I, you know, I'm not 21 anymore and you know, I'm 60. I do not know that. No, I do. I am 60. Holy smokes. It's amazing. Yeah. And so, um, it's all that it's, you know, it's all the. It's the microscopist, it's the chiropractor, it's the massage therapist, it's the, it's, it's the nutritionist, it's all, it's all those, it, I had a staff of people that were almost a 20 to be able to keep me, you know, up at that peak performance. So that's like, you know, I, I look at people today, if they're aiming for, oh, we're just going to go to Wendy's or we're going to, we're just going to go to Vaughn's, you know, and grab food. Yeah. You know, we, I invite everybody to look again and study. There's, there's podcasts, there's, there's ways to learn about food. There's ways to learn about nutrition. There's ways to learn about like supplements, recovery, um, the different types of diets, what resonates with your blood type, Mm -hmm. how you, how you screen yourself to make sure that you're catching things early, um, sleep, uh, thoughts become things, meaning that you can, your thought process can put you into a, you know, a, a deficit in terms of like, you know, illness and whatnot. Sure. Abs- I, I absolutely believe in that. Yeah. So all those things, you, you know, if we're just, <clears throat> if we're just riding along, if we're just riding along, you know, being blown by the wind, 
I invite everybody to take a take ownership of their body and their life and their I think everybody should be in therapy. <laughs> I think everybody should have a, a personal yeah. trainer. Um, there's a there's a gal. Her name is Julian Rutledge. Julian Rutledge, and she's an, uh, she's a Canadian, mm-hmm. and she's a performance coach. Most of my clients go to see her, and it's all online. They can you know Skype, whatever you know, and they can they can um, they can do it wherever she. And she's amazing. And she there's always a block or a trigger or or something that's holding people back. Yeah, and so getting through that, you know, we don't, we're humans. We don't on this planet, we don't come out unscathed. Right. So the best processor possible is so important. And to have, have a personal trainer, have a client or I have a, uh, you know, a performance coach, a life coach, straighten things out. Self-awareness being a big focus. Yeah. Yeah. If we're just cruising along, I'm good. No, you're not. There's a good chance that you could always improve yourself. And then all of a sudden from there, we get to evolve to your partner, to your kids, to your team at work. I mean, that's how we evolve as humans. What you're doing, you know, with your, with your life here, that's how we evolve. That's how we, you know, rise up and birth these new ideas. All of a sudden, John Miller has a podcast. That's badass. I'm in. <laughs> and so we get to spread this message. We get to spread, you know, this, whatever this message is yeah. out to more people. And then they, they get to change and shift because of that. It's really a cool thing. It's awesome. I love that. So, you know, there's a good chance. We talk about dyslexia. Let's go back to that for yeah, a minute. Yeah, absolutely. So, so where I had a disadvantage was contracts, uh, writing emails, um, actually just doing uh, paperwork and book work. And, yeah, you, weren't, you, you know, weren't even a big texter until recently. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Five years ago, six years ago, when I would send you a text... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, thank. Does Craig not like me? No, no, no. <laughs> not no nothing no, personal. But, yeah, yeah. It'd be like, oh, I, I get it now, though. It, it, was, it would be like, uh, Jim holds the ball, and then and then Jane has a red ball. I mean, I'd be like, you know. Um, right. So, the, so that was always a challenge, you know. And back when I, when I'm, the reason I, I said I was 60 is that back when I went through school, everybody thought that I, what's wrong with him? You know, mm. what's wrong? How come he's not reading? How come he's not paying attention? I was bored. I wanted to go outside. I wanted to play. I wanted right. to do my thing. I knew that as a little kid, I just wanted activities because all the school was just like, blah, 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 blah. And when, when one year and out the other, it was like Chinese arithmetic. You yeah. Know, it was just, it didn't land a lot of that stuff. And then, you know, other isms came into place. And then it wasn't until after high school that it was like I blossomed and then realized I get back on, you know, on the... My dad started surfing the same time he started with skiing. And then all of a sudden I, you know, I understood how that all works. Yeah. And then had a, you know, had a, had a, a, a respect for the mountains and had a respect for the ocean. Yeah. You found a wavelength to operate on that resonated with you. That wasn't, it wasn't taking in or, or, um, yeah. it wasn't just letting stuff bounce off of you. It was being, yeah. being in the moment yeah. and responding to it. Yeah. It's interesting is then all of a sudden as I, as I roam the world, I can tell who's got dyslexia and who does. I can spot him a mile away. Really? We're like, we're, oh, yeah, I know you. Um, yeah, there's a mo- – not most. A lot of people that we root for in sports and, and in the arts are this way. There's, a, there's something askew. Hmm. We're a little different. We see things a little different. Our brains work a little different. You know, for me to be able to read, you know, it's like one track. It's like I know, it's like a it's like a symbol, one track mind. It, right. It's like I don't really read. 
You just recognize the. I yeah. do. And so uh, this is a little bit of a, more of a challenge. But my point is, is that, is that um, my brain makes other, um, other pathways. You find other ways to recognize. It does. Yeah, patterns. It does. And... It does. It does. Okay. And so, um, so on the track, I see subtle because of the racing, mother motorcycle stuff. I see where there's, there's grip, there's no grip, there's pavement changes, there's patches. I, the way that I program, I probably have, um, you know, 400 different landmarks around the track, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I'm looking at this spot, this spot, this spot, this spot, this spot to the braking zone. And then there was a priority through the braking zone. And then there's, there's like three or four spots before the turn in. And then there's a whole, you know, kind of a whole overall view that I look at. And I've already looked, I've already looked at the exit before I actually almost turn in. Yeah. And you do the same thing. It's just how we, how I get my brain to, to, to triggers to woe it down is to have all this information being filed, being, you know, being, so I'm judging it. I'm, I'm reevaluating. I'm setting up another plan real time for the next lap. Right. So that's what you do as well. Yeah. yeah just, you're, you're, I mean, you're living, you're almost driving in the future. You're, exactly. Yeah. And then next lap, I've already, you know, I've already, the last lap, I've already eva- reevaluated. I've already set up a plan. I'm executing. I'm reevaluating, setting up a ne- next plan for that. So you do the same thing. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, was well, was my move too? Yeah. Oh, and so, and so, do you think that? I mean, I I kind of asked this question earlier, but the direct correlation between physical fitness and mental fitness, mm-hmm. or do you do you approach them the same, or are there different things you do on the mental side too? Because, like you said, endurance racing, keeping your focus up, that's tied to your physical state. Mm-hmm. But there are these guys like Tony Stewart and Juan Pablo who are kind of known for being the, the Burger King drive-through guys, yep. but who can also hop in a NASCAR Cup car for five hours. No question or a formula one car or, or whatever it may be, you know, uh, whatever it may be at the time. And, and, you know, so they turn on the mental side maybe to a higher degree than the physical side. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting how they approach that. I always watch them to see how that works. You know, yeah. Juan hops in and, you know, he's good for three or four hours and it's like, wow, it's a big suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And he's really good. You know so, I mean? so are they just wired a little differently? They are. To, yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Um, so, uh, um, the mental approach was always just doing it a lot repetition yeah. for me. And that was, that was the ability to, um, never be caught out with something that I've never seen or done before. Yeah. Just having that book of, mm-hmm. of past experience information to pull from yep. and knowing that, Hey, I even if you've, I've never driven this car at this track before, there's something yeah. pretty close to this set of turns mm-hmm. and this style of car yeah, and you can adapt and yeah. put it into play pretty quickly. And there was, and there's a feeling tone as, as well. It's like, um, how can I describe it? There's a feeling tone to success. There's also a feeling tone to desperate driving. There's also mm-hmm. a feeling tone before a wreck. There's also a feeling tone, all these things that it's just years of experience that it's like, Oh, I'm in the danger zone. Hang on. <laughs> what, what danger zone is that? Am yeah. I, am I, yeah. Is that tire going to go down? Am I pushing too hard? Is that, you know, am I desperate run? Am I like, am I asking too much of the car rolling in yeah. too much on the brakes? Am I like, you know, um, am I not aware of what's going to happen at the carousel at Watkins Glen at the end, you know, in the rain, you know, I'm, 
I remember uh, I remember going, I'm the man here in the rain out where with the hell mid Ohio and I almost sent it off like <laughs> a couple times. It's like, okay, let's woe it down just a little bit and that allowed me to get stay right online and then be even quicker. Right. So it's that feeling tone that years of experience gives us as well. Yeah. And that's what Tony and Juan, they, they know all that stuff. You do too. Yeah. It's like, um, now I, my ego is a little out of whack. My, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm asking, yeah, like you said, I'm asking too much out of the tire. I'm, uh, but it's the feeling tone. It's my psyche. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. And recognizing. Yeah. Early the on. moment, early on. Yeah. yeah. If I'm, if I'm in my ego too much, if I'm going to drive it to the front, if I'm like, you know, not respecting other people's, you know, space yeah. and I'm banging fenders and I'm putting myself at risk in the car. I know that I know that feeling before I'm yeah. in that moment. I, I, I find that, I mean, there's a difference, you know, I can recognize when I'm approaching that zone of, you know, like you said, the danger zone of where, you know, like for example, if you're running in a pack of cars, I mean, I'm the way I'm looking at it is I'm evaluating what I'm doing. I'm driving my car to its yeah. limit. I'm, I'm trying to think ahead and plan ahead, but you know, when I'm kind of in the zone and things are working and I'm moving forward, I'm, I'm also driving the car in front of me for sure. And the car in front of that. And mm. I'm, I'm in that guy's head mm -hmm. and I know I'm trying to predict or, or I'm pretty confident. I know what, what he's going to do next. Yeah. And so that affects my next, my, my plan for my next two, yeah. three laps of, yeah. am I going to get around him yeah. and where is it going to happen? Is he going to let it happen? Is he going to make a mistake and throw it off and just give it to me? And so, you know, when I find I'm driving in that mental state, well, I'm not only driving my car, but able to kind of quote unquote drive the cars yeah. around me, mm -hmm. um, and and you know, have that much bandwidth to to appreciate the the race as it's unfolding. Um, that's a really good place to be able to operate within. Yeah, and I can also recognize when I'm not operating yeah. in that place and I'm just driving a little the, bit desperate. You know, you're you're getting on the inside. You're putting your nose where it doesn't belong. Exactly. I'm. I'm. You yeah. Know, I, or I'm trying to stick with a group. And, yes. And the car's not working. Yeah. And I'm watching these guys turn to the corner and I'm turning to the same point with the same car, at like at like Daytona this year. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was in a TCR car, a Volkswagen, and a car that I, I knew pretty well and it was helping the team develop this car. Yeah. And uh, I got in for the last stint at the end of the four-hour race. And I'm, you know, we were under yellow yeah. and I'm like fourth car in line, you know, with the top three right in front of me. I'm thinking, sweet, we got an hour to go. I know all these drivers. I know yep. these cars are pretty equal here and we had a little top speed deficit because we were the Volkswagen, we were the hatchback versus uh, yeah, the Audi's yeah. there. But sure. it's like, all right, I know what we got. We're pretty good through the infield. And we go back to green and I go through the infield and I'm like, oh my God, oh, this thing's not turning. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just trying to roll my normal speed. Well, you know, come to find out, you know, one of the drivers had been off track earlier in the race had forgot to mention it and you know the the front end was all yep. you know out of out of whack and yeah. but now then i i kind of reverted for a few laps to going why isn't this working and now all of a sudden and i'm trying to do something the car's not letting yep. me do and i'm going this is well and, and like we talked about earlier the lap time the number's not what what i know the number needs to be and i can't figure out why mm -hmm. um and so it's, it's one of the situations where I kind of, I went, holy crap, this is not good. How do I, how do I fix this? Yeah. And so recognizing, Hey, sometimes you can't fix it. And sometimes you just, you got what you got yep. and you got to get the most out of it. And, and you know, when the guys in front of you are driving away rather and the than the guys behind you are coming up, that's a hard one too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really hard one. Yeah. And then you got to hold your, you know, you got to hold your own, like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Damage yeah. control rather yeah, than right? going to win the race. Yeah. Yeah. And then where are you fast? Where can you be faster? Where can you be more efficient? Are you overdriving? All, all these things. 
and then not eat your brain. I always call <laughs> eat it your brain. Eating yes. Is, eat your, yeah. Then, then, yeah. Then all of a sudden we, we get to like keep that from happening. Yeah. Cause I've done that before. Yeah. I think we all have well, on the diet side. We didn't really go into a ton there, but so like if you critique my diet, I'd be actually, I'd be terrified for you to do that. But like for me, I've shifted the last year or two, um, to kind of a ketogenic, like I eat a Good lot idea. of like, I, I still eat quite a bit of meat, but like lean meats, like chicken yep. and red meat, maybe once a week or so. Yeah. Um, fish, we had salmon for dinner last night, nice. a lot of vegetables, very little sugar, very little like breads and, yep. and processed grains and stuff like that. Do you that. feel good? I feel, I feel awesome. Yeah. And for me, the diet has always been the hardest part yeah. um, in remaining consistent with that. This way of eating, you know, kind of being in ketosis and yeah. you know, eating not a lot of sugar, not a lot of grains. Um, once I'm adapted to it, I, I've got plenty of energy. Yeah. Um, there's certainly a transition period where I'm grumpy and I get the, uh, I'm low on energy for it's a couple a keto, days. It's a keto flu. But yeah, yeah. The keto flu. Exactly. Yeah. But, but that's, you know, that for me, that, that has been a big shift in, in my diet and the way that I know this works for me. And, yeah. and when I'm eating this way, I feel really good. Yeah. Um, but, but it's taken me, you know, 30 years to, yeah. to figure out what, what works for, for me and my body. And, um, I'm just curious, like what, what your thoughts on. Kind yeah. of how you eat, how do you, how do you focus your your nutrients and macros, and yeah, you know, how closely do you track all that stuff? Yeah, um, pretty good. I just went down to Lisa, and she's uh, Lisa Dziakovitz, and she um, she's over in uh, Valley View, over in Garden Grove. Anyway, she checks my blood out through um, uh, on a microscope, okay. so she checks my uh, nutrition through a microscope. How often do you do that? Um, once every six months or so. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, is it like full blood work or just nutritional? It's, it's, she can see what's going on. It basically just pricks your finger and puts it under a microscope. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's really easy. I'll give you the information. It's Lisa at uh, Wellness, Valley View Wellness Center. And her name is Lisa D. And, um, she's a microscopist and she's really, really cool. Anyway, so, um, I kind of wander back and forth between a vegetarian. And a in a ketosis environment. Oh, okay. Harder. It's a little yeah. bit of a challenge. That's more of the hack. So ah. that's a that's a hack for me, so that I can have like a green shake in the morning, or I can make a you know whether it's a purium shake. Uh, it's a product at, out of Long Beach. Either a purium shake, or I can make a shake with uh, twenty different ingredients: kale yeah. and celery and cucumber and tomato and. Uh, all those things. Um, and then in the middle part of the day where I'll train is I'll have that. So, so the, the, the shake won't put me in ketosis that will. So I'll be in ketosis gotcha. in the middle part of the day and I might even fast middle of the day. Gotcha. If I'm going to train in the morning, I'll go right into ketosis with one of these and I'll train like I did this morning and they'll have a shake on the way back down here. Gotcha. And is that, I mean, will you, race and drive and compete in that same state yeah well. so i'll yeah. be i'll try to do it in ketosis i'll, I'll gotcha. use i'll use that that's that's probably two and a half hours worth of fuel and so um i might have a couple of those back to back that being said in ketosis you got to watch out for electrolytes yeah and enough water yeah yeah, yeah. and um minerals and then fiber you got to be careful of all that sure so um having, so how, how do having, you 
like in a race when you're sweating oh. and re- having to replace electrolytes yeah. and water, how do you um, how do you replace electrolytes? Like you're not going to chug a Gatorade because that's all sugar. Yeah. But what do you do to replace electrolytes when so, you're in the moment? So I'll go I'll go get them at a at a health food store, either either uh, in a in a uh, pill form or in a liquid form. And uh, I'll take those. Uh, I think I take electrolytes every day. Yeah. So I never not take them because in ketosis it it'll wash out right some of the the the, uh, the minerals and stuff in your body. Gotcha. So you, but you'll throw some, some of the liquid in like if you run like a water bottle in the in the race car oh, kind of thing. In the in the race car that'll be like uh, I'll have I might even have one of those in there. Just gotcha. Straight just one of those. Mix this powder in there. And yeah. Then, this is just they have. It's, Pure therapeutic ketones. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And so um, that has extra fat in it for a little bit longer burn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've got a shorter, um, they've got a, they call it a max, and it's a little bit shorter burn. And they have it charged um, with uh, with uh, caffeine or not, ch- not charged. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's a hack. Um, I try to have enough phytonutrients in my body to keep me healthy. So we have to do that. So vegetables are really important. Yeah. <clears throat> so what I try to do is take care of my ketosis th- uh, throughout the day and then have a really good meal at night. So vegetables, uh, meat, or or just plant-based protein, whatever it is. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. I try to keep meat to a low roar. I think I'm like probably uh, 99, well, no, 95% vegetarian. Oh, wow. And is that, that's recent or? No, no? a couple of years. Okay. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're humans on this planet. So we have to, yeah. you know, find our way when you're on the road. Yeah, exactly. It's usually for me is, is land, uh, rental car, hotel, and then, um, Whole Foods. I try yeah. to do it or, or rental car, Whole Foods, and then hotel. Yeah. You know, I try to do that. Stock up for on supplies. the way. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then nuts. And that's the hardest part is yeah. for, for me at least. Yeah. Is keeping, maintaining yeah. while traveling. Yeah. And I've got, a, I've got some good bars that I take with me. I try and stock up and have yeah. enough for, yeah. for trips and stuff like that. That helps. So that's like yeah. a meal. So you can be in ketosis all morning, um, in kind of a fasting, mm-hmm. you know, so that gives you, that gives you some nutrition and it, and it also works your brain. Yeah. So the fat on it. So do you drink coffee? I do. I drink a lot of coffee, probably too much coffee. Yeah. So they have a, they have a, um, hang on. I think I have, anyway, they have a creamer that allows you to start, you know, start your fat mm-hmm. and, and start, start. Uh, I think I've used that before. I don't know if it's this brand, but I've, I've used a keto creamer before. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. There's a couple out there. I think Laird Hamilton has something and I think uh, Bulletproof has something yep. and so there's a there's a couple other companies um, that was just easy for me. They have a I think they call it cream creamer, and so um, yeah, I go through my website and grab that stuff pretty easily. Nice. Um, that seems to work. Uh, with this, you'll have to try it and see how it works on your system. Right. Meaning that, um, um, you know, you what I do to prolong that is some nuts along the way. Mm-hmm. So so it'd be creamer, coffee, that, and then train. And then if I need, you know, I'll have a, I'll have a keto bar or something, or I'll have a, I'll have like sunflower seeds and cashews and almonds or a scoop of almond butter. Yep. Something like that. And then, and then, or another one, and it'll take me a little bit farther and then I'll have a meal and I'll try to keep, um, keep that, um, 
keep that to a low roar in terms of sugars and stuff. Yeah. Try to keep it a keto meal. What's the Craig Stanton cheat meal? Does it exist? Is there, do you Uh, ever fall off? Are you so uh, ingrained with uh, the lifestyle, the way you eat that it's sometimes, you know, spaghetti and spaghetti spaghetti and meatballs are just like, "Ah, (laughs) you know, in my, in my body wants it sometimes, you know, my body just goes, Oh, you got to have some, you know, you got to have some carbs in here. Yeah. And I listen to it. Yeah. Uh, and then expect if I, if I have a big old pasta dinner, I, I try to have it like grain pasta and I try to, you know, yeah. white, white dough is not, not good. You know, sure. white, white yeah, pasta yeah, yeah, of course. Good. Um, I don't know. Pizza's good sometimes. I just don't go crazy. I don't have yeah. this big pile of pasta. I don't have like half a pizza. Right. Um, there's some, moderation. Yeah. Moderation. Try everything in moderation. Try to do it. Including that moderation. Including moderation. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that's the half, that's the half life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then there's a recovery. <laughs> um, liquor doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm a mess with liquor, so I don't do that much. I don't, <laughs> you know, one, I'm just, I'm, the, I'm just a nutty, you know, trying to make me funny and stuff. And then two, I'm calling up people. I should be calling up. <laughs> <laughs> on the table my clothes yeah, off it's awesome it's not good not, not pretty um no so being mm. able you know with i with all the head injuries and then our brains my brain works really good on fat yeah so yeah, that's i found having, the same way for you know me, having yeah. a full avocado throughout the day having you know having a fair amount of nuts mm-hmm. and chewing them really good so they help digest and have digestive enzymes to help us as well yeah uh, Lisa talks about if there was one thing that um, you would have is digest digest uh, for supplements is digestive digestive enzymes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to to help simulate that food so it just doesn't go right on through. Gotcha. When you talk about head injuries, is that mostly in the early days of bikes? Or yeah, that you... and I I've had a couple in racing too. Yeah. I've had some concussions in racing. One yeah. was at Homestead there when I cleaned off the side of Magnus's Porsche. Oh. Yeah, right front went down at turn four. I just I just said, man, we got a race car here. This is really awesome. I think I'm just going to come on in next lap. In the right front, just, and I just. As in practice or something? Uh, warm up. <sighs> warm up. Dislocated all my ribs, and, you know, <sighs> that was, and I had to j- jump in, in for with TC. And then they, those guys fixed it. So they had to change the motor, the transmission. I mean, it was going down the track like that. Yeah. And it was like, oh, man, this <sighs> is. Just that was brutal, and yeah. uh, that was one. Uh, right front went down at, at California Speedway in a in a M3 with an M5 motor in it. Ooh. One of Jim Bell's cars. Uh huh. That was a big freaking lick, and that was right. Bef- that was two weeks before I uh, uh, Piro got underneath me at turn eleven at Atlanta, mm. and it, right at the apex, and I went <laughs> just from here to that uh, window over there from about 135 to <laughs> zero to zero. Yeah. Pre Hans. So that wasn't, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. and then, a, and then, a, and then a few more. Yeah. So copy that. Yeah. I've had a, had a couple myself. Yeah. So I can relate. Yeah. So I think that one of my next things is, is trying to find, you know, brain closed in injuries, you know, recovery programs, Mm-hmm. And seeing what, you know, what's, there's new technology out there with brains. They're studying brains all the time. The the, the best nutrition, yeah. the best supplements, uh, rewiring the brain. You, you know, I do a lot of um, um, brain, brain um, uh, exercises mm-hmm. to keep my brain going. Uh, keto works great for me. It, 
it activates my brain. A little bit of caffeine works good too. Yeah. Having a good, healthy, balanced diet. Even if it's keto throughout the day, then at night it's a good, in the afternoon I'll probably have two meals from the middle of the afternoon and the evening is is a pretty good balanced meal. I try to keep the carbs to a low roar. Yeah, And coffee. the sugar down to a low roar. And listen to your body. Your body will tell you exactly what it wants or doesn't want. You know, if you're like, uh, I just had a bunch of pizza. Now I've got a week to go before I can get out of, you know, yeah. you're, 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 um, the, um, I guess the, what would it be? The sugars and, uh, the yeast in our systems just, yes, <laughs> that's yeah, all it takes is a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're in full swing. Yeah. I know it. I, I can feel it as soon as, like I said, when I go off of it, yeah. It's an immediate crash in, yeah. in energy and, and change in yeah. body chemistry. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the digestion thing is a good giveaway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your skin and vision and yeah. how, how you're sleeping and stuff like that. Yeah. So, cool. Awesome. This is Thank, really awesome. Thanks for doing this. This is uh, this might be a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> we ramble on there a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and you'll edit the shit out of this. Exactly, one. yeah. Yeah, that's, Chop it all up. I appreciate it. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. No worries, man. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming to do this. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Rich Roll goes, peace, plants. Sweet. <laughs> so you got to come up with something. You know, I know. Then, I don't have like a tagline or a catchphrase yet. But Yeah, uh, catch me. Yeah, you can always go, you know, catch me on, you know, John Miller at Twitter, blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, I do that on the front end. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah. 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 yeah I get all that out of the way and then we hammer down. Yeah, I got a one-track mind. One track mind. Uh, something, you know, some like something at the end where it's like catchy that people like. I know. Uh, Denise says I need like a, an outro, like yeah. a music. A little outro. Kind of a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome because I was waiting. Yeah. It's like, wait, I ran out of battery? <laughs> yeah, like a little yeah. have her sing or something. She sings like yeah, she is badass. Man, that was awesome. beautiful when you had her on, you know, when on your at the end of the podcast there. Yeah, we, we uh, just threw it on there. Powerful. Yeah. Yep. That was really powerful. Yep. Yeah, she's, she's a powerful lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like a yeah. man, dude. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Absolutely. Did we do it? I think we did it. <laughs>